the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show. Oh, Happy New Year, everyone. It is Wine Women Radio now in a brand new century, 2020, so to speak. We start the new decade here at the panel in Sonoma. I'm Marcia Maycumber, one of your co-hosts here. Um, actually, other co-hosts, Lisa Adams, Walter, and Misty Rhoda Bush Kane, are on assignment today. So I'll be doing this uh, solo with our guest here today, uh, who is Christian Agenfuss. Mm-hmm. How are you, Christian? I'm doing great. How it's are you? It's great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I'm going to get into your background and uh, the company that you run, Napa Valley Wine Academy, in a minute. But we uh, we always start with a little bit of industry news right now. It's January 2nd, as we're recording. And of course, the big news right now is dry January, or hashtag dry January. Uh, today I saw an interesting article on dry January that said, it's all a bunch of hooey. Hmm. <laughs> um, they said it's kind of like binge eating and binge dieting that, okay, that's great. Uh, and for those who feel the need to do it, nobody's going to diss that. But uh, once you start again on February 1st, uh, you've got alcohol back in your system. Um, so you didn't necessarily get a real cleanse right. out of it. Right. Uh, have you ever done a dry January? I can say I have, well, probably um, prior to being 21, I right. did a lot of dry Januaries. Okay. But All right. I'm in after that, that after that, not many. No. <laughs> or not any, I should say. All right. Well, I'm in that same boat too. So uh, I, if, you, if you are in the boat, you want to try dry January, go ahead and go for it. Just know that um, the independent studies that have been done that were cited uh, at Wine Industry Advisor and at Wine Industry Insight pretty much said um, there's not a whole lot of health benefit to it if you're going to start drinking again on February 1st. But if you're looking to prove to yourself that you can quit any time and that's your mechanism for doing it, more power to you right. on that. Exactly. Yeah. Not, not many resolutions last that people <laughs> make in January. Absolutely yeah. true. I think uh, gym memberships all get going right now and then people stop showing by the end of the month. So um, here's to those who can continue them on and and hold on to it, but it's not easy. Here's to no workout February. (laughs) Yes. Let's look forward. Uh, Another interesting bit of news uh, is online booze sales are on the upswing, and that is across all sectors, meaning wine, beer, spirits, uh, cider, uh, kombucha, um, they're all showing, in general, an uptick in online sales. Hmm. But I want to contrast that with the other news, which is we're also seeing a lot of news that um, consumer consumption is kind of flat. Hmm. Um, and it is the fact that there are these mechanisms like Drizzly and others that have been coming on board with either um, home delivery or in some cases, and I and forgive me, I cannot remember the name of the business that does this, you order and they will deliver it to your car. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I imagine this is all related to Amazon doing so well with their sales and uh, the mechanisms there. Matter of fact, I saw that Amazon has applied to do wine deliveries now in Northern California in the San Francisco Bay Area, right. where we are located. Um, they will 
maintained to satisfy California ABC's regulations a 200 square foot brick and mortar retail location in Dogpatch mm. in San Francisco, but then they will deliver their whole panoply of online choices all over the Bay Area. That'll be a game changer. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Could be kind of yeah. interesting. Well, so. I ordered. I ordered um, uh, for a friend in in Nashville. I ordered some wine, and it was a last minute gift. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went online, placed the order, and within two hours, he had it at his doorstep. Was Whoa. also delivered by uh, a service called Delivery Guys. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, it Fantastic. is convenient. Yeah, uh, I think I, I do think that sector is going to grow, and I. Do think we're going to continue to see shifts in consumer consumption? Speaking of consumer consumption, the other high contrast is that um, there's an e- uh, expectation for prices to kind of begin to drop, mm. mainly because there's more supply of wine than there is demand going at the moment. Is that something in general that you've also heard about and well, seen yeah, in general news? De- definitely oversupply, but it'll be interesting to see how that's um, kind of balanced by. Right the new tariffs that might may or may not yeah. go yeah. into effect. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, we're, we're in an interesting point to see what, uh, what pricing does in the wine industry. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the, the whole, what might happen from France, uh, and Italy seems to be being ignored in this whole thing. Um, France looks to be hit the hardest. It's a luxury goods, uh, tariff that might send prices of imported French wines up a hundred percent. And the same thing goes for cheese. And handbags. Mm. <laughs> so for everybody dying to get your, uh, the women out there dying to get your Kelly bag, get it now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Before it becomes a lot more expensive than it already is, which is really high. Uh, and the other thing that catch, c- catches my attention is the truly tragic news out of Australia. They are still suffering from the en- most enormous bushfires all around the periphery of their continent. Um, I read that the Adelaide Hills um, wine region was decimated like a third of the wineries there burned to the ground. Mm. Um, Very severe. So this is going to have a really tough impact on uh, wine coming out of Australia. And it's really sad. And I'm just hoping we can all do what we can to support them, i.e. go buy Australian wine, folks. Um, That's the first thing you can do. And... um, Looks like they're putting a lot of emphasis on what they can do to uh, remove smoke taint uh, and, of course, protect their vineyards and wildlife, which has been so decimated as well. Yeah, yeah. So it is it is quite tragic. And, uh, you know, especially uh, you and I being located here in Northern California, where we've had our share of uh, wildfires as well. We know what they're what they're going. Yeah, they're really the the wild we know we, we have firsthand experience right. with seeing how bad they are not being firefighters but that th- we're close enough right right <laughs> we don't wish to be closer. as close as I'd ever want to be yes <sighs> exactly so um so here's to uh, Australia doing a whole lot better mm-hmm. uh, I did see that they were getting some rain in some areas so let's hope they start getting some drenchers to help them get out of this um, awful condition that they're in with the bushfires so. Um, those are, that's our news of uh, the day of the week, so to speak, here at uh, Wine Women Radio. And uh, now I want to turn a little bit to your background in wine, which looks like you've been doing this um, for more than twenty years. Yeah, a little uh, bit longer. Absolutely yeah. true. Um, for our listeners who don't know, 
Um, Christian is the founder and chief executive officer, which he also calls chief educational officer, Mm -hmm. uh, at the Napa Valley Wine Academy. Right. You guys are really the most comprehensive in terms of the many certification programs that are available for people in the wine industry to take. And you also seem to have the most locations. So... Besides Napa, you've got Tampa, Santa Barbara, Denver, Nashville, Cleveland, Las Vegas, and San Antonio. Correct. Yep. And online. And that's online. Sh- that's like your newest realm is more classes online. Yeah, we're we're expanding quite quite heavily in the online space. So cool. Yeah. So uh, so now, how long has it been since you've had so many locations? Well, I seem to remember you starting just in Napa Valley, but yeah, when we then started, your expansion was fast. Yeah, we started very humbly. Uh, you know, it was my business partner and I. Um, and we started in 2011 mm-hmm. and just in, in Napa. And we were going to do this as a, a weekend kind of thing. We all had full-time, other full-time right. jobs. And uh, we said, uh, this would be great to uh, to offer this to, to students. Um, we had both gone through uh, the WSET program with Copia, which mm-hmm. went um, defunct. And we saw an opportunity in the market that, um, you know, uh, to start a wine school in wine country made a lot of sense, and to offer WSET made even more sense. Uh, and we were going to instruct those classes on the weekends. And um, about it's going to be a little side business, a little side business, yeah, a little a little pocket money to help uh, put <laughs> put my daughters through college. Um, but uh, yeah, quickly quickly grew, and uh, we added our first location was. Uh, um, Tampa. So mm-hmm. we had the Napa location, then the Tampa location, a partnership with um, with Burns uh, and the Epicurean Hotel in in Tampa. Nice. And then um, uh, Santa Barbara was uh, was next, and from there uh, Cleveland was next. Um, wow. Colorado, yeah, and then just they it just, just kept coming. It just kept coming yeah. and going and going. It's just really cool because it's. I mean, it's such a it's a lot of places to and and to keep up with that. On the website, you've you've got uh, listings for all the courses in all the many locations. Mm-hmm. So that is quite busy to keep up to date with. Um, but well, I imagine you've got tech people to you know. Yeah, we have a great team. We have a we have a admin team of uh, of eight people who are fantastic and keep great. Try to keep everything up to date because it's it's a lot of work. I know it is a lot I, of work. I do it myself for clients. So. Uh, so for our listeners who may not know, you have um, one of the longest strings of uh, certifications, acronyms behind your name that I have met. Acronym uh, salad. Well, yes. I know, acronym salad. Uh, but they're important in this industry because there's so many specialties that you can have. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to give them a hint, a little ones, uh, your diploma for WSET, which is correct. Wine and Spirits Education Trust out of London. That is correct. England, yep. Okay. Uh, AIWS, uh-huh. American, is that right? American? No. Associate no. member of the uh, there you go. Uh, International Wine and Spirits. Thank you. All right. I, wouldn't, I knew I was going to get that one wrong, uh, but I was trying. I was trying, but I lost. Uh, FWS. French Wine Scholar. There you go. And IWP, Italian. Italian Wine Professional. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've missed some. I know you have certifications in... 
Borgogna. Yeah, I'm one of the uh, 64 uh, Borgogna ambassador, official ambassadors for the uh, the Borgogna region, Burgundy region right. of France, right. and uh, also a certification in in Bordeaux education mm-hmm. uh, as well. So yeah, the list goes on. The, the list goes on, and and the possibilities are out there. And so what makes this cool is all of the different certifications offered. Uh, some of them, for instance, CSW is not mm-hmm. one that you carry, but uh, has a lot covers some of the same material. Yeah, so we it's offer we we don't give we don't administer the, uh, the the exam, but we do have a an online uh, course that supports mm-hmm. people who are studying for their uh, CSW uh, with the Society of Wine Educators, uh, and then we also have a, a exam prep uh, course, which is a two day course. Uh, for people who mm-hmm. need just a little bit of extra help before they go and sit sit the exam, which is almost everybody, because you know, learning about wines is an enormous subject. It is, uh, and it's not something that you know you can do one cram for and get it. It just it's mm, not possible. <laughs> no, we see we we see a lot of people who try to 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 cram, and uh, unfortunately, uh, they're not successful right. Uh, right. On, on the first attempt. So it it is something that that requires. Um, you know, a good uh, systemized approach to, to the right. study. It's also not unusual at the very top of the educational ladder for people who've been in the industry many, many, many years and already have many of these certifications mm-hmm. to still have to have to retake certain exams, particularly I'm thinking of the Masters of Wine. Um, there's only 331 Around in there, the yes. world. Yeah. yeah, And that's in the last... 30 years, I think. So in it, that's a grand total. <laughs> that's a grand total, yes. There, it's a grand there, total, so it's very some, hard to get that degree. It is, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's not unusual for those people to maybe take the last exam three Well, there's times, three, three think, parts or, to, the, to, the, to the exam. Uh, there's the, uh, the practical, so the tasting, mm-hmm. the theory. Um, and then once you've been successful in passing those two, uh, then the research paper is the last, uh, mm-hmm. the last part. Right. So... Um, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is something that requires a lot of commitment and time and, and expertise, for sure. So, yeah, so it's 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 big stuff. So um, for listeners who may be going, I don't know if I want to go down this road. You provided a really great outline of why would somebody want to get some of one or more of these degrees, and you came up with five things that make people's wine enjoyment better by furthering their education and perhaps considering one of these programs that Napa Valley Wine Academy offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this is what's in your course. Number one is, what is wine? Where does it come from? Um, how is it made? People know, okay, well, it's fermented grape juice. That, that's where a lot of the knowledge ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so this so is much more than that. So this is something that is covered, say, in your Wine 101 Foundation class? Yeah, so we ab- absolutely, yeah. So uh, uh, the uh, Wine 101 Foundation online class covers um, covers all that, uh, you know, assumes that you have little or no mm-hmm. uh, previous knowledge mm-hmm. and uh, gets you up into the intermediate level uh, of, of understanding, right? Gives mm-hmm. you that confidence to, to enjoy wine more or... Then to make the decision that uh, perhaps you want to go on and and learn even learn even more, maybe okay. do a career change. Okay. Um, so you mentioned how to taste. I'm mm-hmm. gonna assume that that covers a whole bit of uh, swirl, sniff, sip, spit, 100%. and other things in between. <laughs> Abs- absolutely, yes. The points it, in between. Um, 
what I liked in reading about that information was the fact that you provide a, a systematic way of approaching what the heck is in your glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you smell? Uh, how do you how do you kind of separate? That's a hard thing for a lot of people, including yeah. me. How do you separate the aromas that are all hitting you at the same time? Can you pick them out? Right, right. Um, so that's a good one. Um, and you also delve into what the heck are the classic varieties? Um, right. uh, a lot of people go, okay, well, I know Chardonnay is white and I know Cabernet is red. Mm-hmm. And that's about where it stops for a lot of beginners. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> you know, the wine 101 is a perfect course for them, right? To to really kind of open uh, and expose them to too much more. So, about how many varieties out, are out there in the world that people could taste wines from? Um, well, there's there's over four thousand plus. Don't quote me on that, but. Uh, um, Definitely more than four thousand yeah. um, that they could ap- actually try. I think it's been a challenge for people to try more than one hundred uh, different grape uh, varieties. Yeah. There's the the Wine Century Club, which actually offers a, a certificate to those who can prove they've tried over a hundred different varieties or oh, wow. varietals. Um, but it's a challenge. It's, it, it, I, it is I would a challenge. Agree. Yeah, it's yeah. really tough. And I think in the his in the history of uh, winemaking, grape growing, I think it's been something like 7,000 years, uh, with the birth birthplace being the country of Georgia. Correct, yeah. A, uh, the cradle of uh, wine. Uh, uh, next to Russia, next mm-hmm. to Ukraine and so forth. Um, going way back there. So I th- And I'm also thinking, isn't it Italy that has something like upwards of 1,000 or 2,000 different varieties that they grow there in their Correct. many, many different regions? Yeah. So. You could be in one country and hit a bazillion different varieties. Italy's probably one of the best places to go if you if you want to try as many different mm-hmm. varieties as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Absolutely. Right. So continue on with this uh, reasons why you might want to take the cl- the foundation class or mm-hmm. any on beyond that. Uh, food and wine pairing absolutely are a really confusing par- thing for a lot of people to do. Um, I certainly know I've uh, sometimes run into circumstances where I'm tasting wine. And then I have something to eat with it, and I go, well, that just totally messed up the flavors. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of times you don't have a choice, of course. You, you're drinking the wine that's in front of you and the food that's put in right, front of you. Right. Um, uh, what are some of the things that happen in that course specifically around food and wine pairing? Well, I think to, to, to understand the basic, um, the basic interactions of certain elements of food uh, with certain elements of wine, um, how acidity um, uh, changes a wine, how sweetness changes a wine, spicy foods change mm-hmm. a wine, or umami, so on and so forth. So once you know those those principles of, of how uh, wine and alcohol and, and acidity interact with those elements in food, um, you really have a, a springboard to go out and um, experiment and, and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think at the end of the day, it must be said that if it works for you, it works, right? <laughs> so there, there's no hard and fast rule. I remember, you know, when I was young, and uh, I would sit around the uh, the dining room table with my father and my grandfather, and uh, you know, if someone said I'm going to have a cabernet with fish, uh, they probably would have fallen off <laughs> off their chair uh, and thought uh, that is uh, sacrilegious. Um, but I think if you know if it works for you, um, once you know those those basic elements, um, the world is yours to explore. Right. So. So uh, a couple examples that I use is in the wintertime, I'm a big fan of pairing together chicken mm-hmm. with Grenache. Okay. But 
This is with a mole sauce. So okay. it's with a it's with a, a rich dark sauce. I yep. would not be doing that with a a light white cream sauce uh, and chicken with a grenache because it might be um, much too much of a contrast and not a good contrast, just a funky contrast. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, again, you know, the tan in, in, in a wine, uh, alcohol in a wine, depending on, or, are sometimes the tricky, Mm -hmm. the tricky things. Um, and then, you know, sweetness of food or sweetness of, of wine can be, can be quite tricky as well. So, uh, since we have a holiday coming up with a famous food and wine pairing, I thought maybe if you could provide some advice, a lot of people go, Oh, it's time to have some Cabernet. And some dark chocolate. Okay. What do you What do you want to say to people? What's What's your advice on food and wine pairing for? Uh, well, chocolate for, can be for very Saint Valentine's Day. <laughs> cho- chocolate can be very very tricky. So I'm I'm not a I wouldn't say I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of chocolate, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of chocolate and Cabernet or or um, uh, port. Petit Verdot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the trick there, the kind of the 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 equalizer and the balancer is if you uh, pair dark chocolate with a little bit of salt. Um, then I think it works really nicely with Cabernet. Uh, the challenge is, is um, you know, Cabernet is, is something that has a lot of tannin right. uh, in it, and salt tends to tame down those those tannins. Yep. Um, so I think in in, in those uh, right. kind of situations, um, dark chocolate with a little bit of mm-hmm. sea salt is mm-hmm. a great great match. But I think one of the the ones that is often not discussed or or considered is, um, uh, you know, a wine from Sauterne. Um, mm-hmm. and, and chocolate, fantastic, fantastic yes. pairing. Um, so I'd encourage you, people to, what's your, what's your reason for liking that? I know mine, but I'm curious what your, your reasoning is behind the Sauterne with chocolate. Um, I, you know, I think the, the acidity, the, the, um, uh, the sweetness and then the complexity of, uh, of flavors. So the, that kind of candied orange, uh, yeah. that marmalade, um, uh, complexity that right. you get in, in wines that have been, uh, impacted by botrytis is um placed beautifully yeah, with, with chocolate and, and their dark chocolate i think I, I i will say that milk chocolate is probably the hardest chocolate uh, to pair with um with just about any kind of wine uh but dark chocolate and and sauterne is, yeah. is quite a fantastic um right. i love i love it as well and actually it makes me think if somebody if somebody's never tried it before the closest equivalent might be um, those frightening dried fruits when they take like dried orange slices mm-hmm. and they dip it in a chocolate. Absolutely, and yeah, that's that, a great. That's like the closest thing I can think of as a comparative. Yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. comparison. Oh, the milk chocolate thing, man, you're absolutely right. Those are really, really close to impossible. But I almost never had milk chocolate personally, yeah. so yeah. I don't know. And the same thing is true maybe with um, white chocolates can be very hard. It's a very high fatty content. Absolutely. To it. Yep. Um, so I, I, I can't even go there with white chocolate. To there, there I think it. if you're going to go that route, maybe something with, with really nice high acidity, like, uh, a, uh, a, a Madeira, a Cerciol, mm-hmm. like a, a five-year-old, uh, Cerciol would be fantastic with, with that. Cause it'll, it'll cut through a little bit of that, that fat, um, and keep your, your palate nice and fresh. Right. Um, so yeah, right. there's always challenges and always things to try. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you know, some people get a, a lot of enjoyment from, um, experimenting and thinking about which dish would this go with. Mm-hmm. So um, again, a, a great thing to go with uh, your class, your your Wine 101 Foundation class, things that you get to learn. And then the last thing in your list for the Wine Foundation class is learning the different styles. And uh, 
a lot of it, and one thing that comes to mind, particularly for beginners, mm-hmm. in terms of styles, is everybody says, oh, I love this wine because it's so sweet. Um, so there can be confusion between sweet, uh, as in sugar sweetness, versus simple fruit flavor. True. Um, so that's something that gets hit on in your class. Yeah, we, we talk about all the there. yeah we talk about all the different styles from from sparkling to uh, to still wines um, and the different styles within uh, still mm-hmm. wines. So everything from dry to to off dry to uh, to sweet, and then uh, the fortified wines uh, as well. But I think um, we have a, a great exercise in in the course um, that teaches you how to um, determine uh, sweetness and acidity level and tannin levels in uh, in wine using some um, uh, ingredients that you have in your kitchen. Uh, mm-hmm. So we give you kind of a, a toolkit on how to uh, train yourself. And once you feel comfortable with that uh, and are able to identify those different elements, I think you can really start honing into the style of wine that, that you might like. But absolutely, people often confuse um, a fruitiness of a wine uh, and the sweetness of, uh, of, of a wine uh, yeah. as well. Um, I often say, though, you know, you, you serve uh, people a sweet wine. They'll often say, I don't like sweet wines. Uh, and then you serve them some, uh, a delicious, uh, um, you know, Berenauslese uh, from, um, from the Mosul. Uh, and they try it and they're absolutely beguiled by it and love it. Um, so people often um, talk dry but, but enjoy sweet. Right. Um, at a guess, I would say that um, aversion, the spoken aversion to sweetness is m- more related to something they had that had a lot of residual sugar in it, mm-hmm. and yeah. they kind of pulled that out um, from a flavor yeah. flavor profile, um, not realizing that it actually was residual sugar, but that's what they associated yeah. with. So. My, my grandmother used to have a saying, my Swiss grandmother used to have a saying, and she would say, um, her friend would ask her, um, would you like some coffee? Yes. Uh, would you like some sugar? Sure. How many teaspoons? She would say, ten. But don't stir it. I don't like it too sweet. So, <laughs> so uh, that's adorable. Now, was it from your grandmother that you learned? I'm not going to say this, right? Schweiz, Schweizer Dutch. Schweizer Dutch. Yeah. See, I wasn't yep. going to get it right. Is, but is I my tried. Uh, is my Schweizer. is my um, uh, my native tongue. So Swiss German. Uh, growing up, uh, I was born and raised in in Switzerland, uh, and then my family moved to uh, to Florida. Um, right before I started high school, mm-hmm. um, and then I went to big change. Big change, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, huge, huge change. So my my father's Swiss, my father's side of the family mm-hmm. is Swiss, my mother's side of the family is um, is from Florida. Um, so we moved to Florida, went to high school there, um, and then uh, on to Denison University. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, our alma mater. Our, yes, at different at different years that we were there. So we were, yeah, and then uh, I moved back to to Switzerland, and that's really when I got into uh, into the wine business and, ah, and enjoying wine. Okay, all right. Is your background in wine? Uh, you took your degree in. Um, Major media marketing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that wasn't the exact degree at Denison. It was uh, ma- mass mass uh, media the communications was the, the I degree. I don't even remember if that degree existed when I was yeah. there. I don't know if it still does or not. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> How many does. people out there probably go, does? Yeah, go to school for something and then don't end up using it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm up there. Uh, but you did, you did put it. To, you went back in marketing. You went back, uh, and and yeah. you took marketing. So you you had a lengthy career before founding Napa Valley Wine Academy mm-hmm. um, in 
marketing wine correct uh, and brand building and mm-hmm. brand development right uh, in wine and you you started this back back home in Switzerland yeah so you know I, I like I said I, I graduated from uh, university I went to to live back in in mm-hmm. Switzerland uh, then I came my dream at that point was to work in the film business so um, I, I did move back to the states and I worked for uh, in the film business in for uh, a production company or I should say the television does that business. Mean, does that mean that you took classes with Elliot Stow? I did not. Oh, okay. No. All right. All right. He left then after that. Yeah. So I, I worked, uh, I worked uh, in television for CBS television uh, on the show Walker, Texas Ranger, where I was oh, wow. um, I remember uh, that show. location manager for, for that show in Dallas uh, for several years. Then I moved back to Switzerland. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's where where I used, you know, I worked with uh, in the family business. So uh, um, my family uh, had grocery stores in mm-hmm. in Switzerland, and wine was a, 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 an element of that. Um, and that's really where I used mm-hmm. uh, and grew uh, kind of my marketing marketing skills. Um, and uh, then I moved to the U.S. with my wife and at the time two daughters. Um, in 2005, and mm-hmm. I went to work uh, in the wine industry um, in, in, in marketing capacity until I founded uh, right. uh, Napa Valley Wine Academy. So for our listeners who may not know, you also worked at uh, Stag's Leap Winery, Etude, uh, Behringer, Benziger Family, Plump Jack, Odette, Cade, uh, St. Clement, uh, and Visitui. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the real big names in... Um, Napa Valley and uh, Sonoma County mm-hmm. wines. Yep, um, all real big names, helping them develop their brands and with their marketing. Uh, and and so you said that that the, a weekend came along. You had this idea after this was after Copia closed and the Correct. classes went away mm-hmm. that you would get this started. What was it like, kind of taking this on to you crazy. know launch this side business? <laughs> It was crazy. My wife will, will tell you that I was uh, crazy, and I would I would agree with that now. Um, at the time, it just seemed like a really great idea, and uh, I have a passion for wine and, and, and a passion for uh, continuing to learn about wine. And I thought to myself, how do you continue to learn about wine? One of the best ways is, is um, to teach, because when you are responsible for teaching about wine, you better know what you're talking about. So, you better be a good communicator. Correct, right. It's, it's, uh, you, you don't hire the the 800 pound uh, personal trainer you hire the personal trainer who's fit and 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 in shape mm-hmm. to uh, to take you where you want to go and and uh, i guess that's analogous to what i wanted to be is i wanted to be very knowledgeable mm-hmm. to help people uh, take uh, take them through where they want to go so um it's you know I, I i never expected it to grow to what it uh, is uh, today um but it did um and uh I quickly realized that I wouldn't be able to do this just on my own. Uh, so we hired our first employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about 18 months after that, um, I had to make the determination to say, um, either I'm going to make this my full-time job and continue to make help the leap. make the leap or, <laughs> or I'm going to, um, you know, have to think about how to, um, uh, to pass this on to, to someone else. So mm-hmm. uh, I took the leap. Um, I remember driving down to Los Angeles um, after I'd handed in my notice um, to uh, to the Plump Jack group, and uh, I think I had a mild panic attack, thinking to myself, <laughs> "What I have, have I done? What have I done? Right? I have girls that are going to be in college soon. Um, I have responsibility to family, and here I took this this really major major leap. But I think in life, um, sometimes 
the scariest decisions uh, that you make uh, are sometimes the best. And this is here, here. Yeah. So far been the best. Very, very cool. And we should add on uh, a bit of congratulations that two years ago, it was two years ago that you got the, um, the nomination were awarded um, the 2016 global wine educator of the year. That's correct. And that came from Wine and Spirit Education Trust in London. So yeah, congr- yeah. belated congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Two years ago. But you're also up again for that or a similar one from the same organization. Correct. From this yes. year. So Yep. Yeah. So for two thousand Yeah, thank you. For two thousand nineteen we're one of ten ten finalists. Um and these finalists come from all over the world. So we're very honored to be among uh yes. among the ten finalists. Yes. And we'll find out hopefully here on on uh, the twenty first of, of January, if we were lucky enough to uh, to win again, very good, exciting, exciting stuff. Now I want to back up a little bit. We we started at the beginning talking a little bit about your five reasons that you had blogged about mm-hmm. why somebody would want to continue their wine education, whether they're in or out of the wine industry. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, you know your personal reasons before you launched this business what were what were your motivating factors that you felt like wow i really need to get some of these certifications Uh, because a lot of marketers would say and and brand builders would say i you know i just need to do the standard stuff for marketing which Mm -hmm. as you and i know is changing very fast it is uh but i don't have to be an expert in wine to do that Mm -hmm. What do you want to say to them about what your motivation was? Well, for I would I would after argue the opposite of that. I, I think that if you're if you're going to market a uh, a product, um, to be an expert in that product is is vital, right? So okay. when you're when you're talking about a winery's wine, or um, you need to know what you're leveraging it against. Mm-hmm. So you need to know what else, uh, you know, who else is on the playing field. And I think if you just approach it uh, from uh, by not having knowledge of knowing what else is out there, um, you're you're leaving some opportunity on the table, right? Okay. So oftentimes Napa Cabernet uh, for um, um, whatever reason is is compared to uh, to Bordeaux, right? Um, so I think you need to know um, something about Bordeaux if you're going to make that comparison. Um, and I think once you do know something about Bordeaux, you do realize how silly and absurd that comparison might be. Um, and you're at the end of the day, uh, when you're marketing wine, you're talking to the experts, right? You're you're looking to um, to gain um, uh, believability and and uh, validity, um, you know, in, in, with a group of people who know a lot about wine, master sommeliers, MWs, uh, sommeliers in 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 the restaurant, um, passionate enthusiasts who know and have traveled the world, um, and I think to have a constructive conversation with them. Um, you need to uh, you need to know something about wine. I, I'm I'm going to agree. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to contradict that. And it and it reminded me of um, a tasting event I went to where um, the person pouring who's I, I don't remember what wine company it was, uh, but they were pouring rosé, and and I was a distance away but within earshot. And I remember some consumers going up. And asking the person pouring the company's wines, oh, what grape is this rosé made from? And the person pouring the wine said, I 
it's made from the rosé grape. <laughs> it was all I could do to contain myself and bite my lip. I, I think it's sad when oh. something like that happens. It's it's sad because, um, uh, you know, it, it, it stops the conversation cold yeah. in its tracks, uh, especially if you know something about, right. uh, about wine, yeah. Right. And if you're interested in wine... Most people, even consumers who get, who are garnering more and more knowledge, go, I wonder why this one tastes so much better than that one. Mm-hmm. Or why do I like this one so much more than that one? Mm-hmm. And to be able to answer that question, you have to be able to have an intelligent question, you right. know, conversation about it right. um, and have the vocabulary mm-hmm. to talk about tannins, to talk about sugar levels. To talk about terroir and what the differences are maybe between Bordeaux and Napa Valley and why you like the more cab, you know, maybe you like more cabs from Napa Valley and you want to know why. Right, right. Absolutely. I think, you know, teaching yourself some wine self-awareness is, is, is a great skill to have, right? And you can, you can do that through the acquisition of some knowledge um, and then uh, through, through practice, which I always say is the fun part, right? The practice. right. Uh, practice tasting as many wines as, as you possibly can. Right. And uh, I have to say, wine study groups are probably a whole lot more fun than any of the study groups that you and I dealt with at Denison <laughs> uh, when you were cramming for exams and you'd all go meet at a corner in the library or something else. So much better when wine is involved. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, it is, uh, it's serious work, you know, for, uh, for many students, the, the wine study groups and um, but it is, uh, you're dealing with something that, uh, that, or at least the study groups, wine study groups that I was in, involved with, uh, you know, we were all passionate about the subject. So that makes quite a difference. Yeah, it helps a lot. And fortunately, you also have a, a, a partner in the business. I do. Um, as well as some really top-notch, top, top bar um, instructors that teach for Napa Valley Wine Academy. You want we to do. talk a little bit about who your yeah. who your team members are? Yeah, sure. So actually, uh, my my business partner is is Catherine Bouguet. She um, is actually our director of uh, of education. So she has the uh, the 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 honor of of um, uh, you know. Uh, working with these with these brilliant instructors, mm-hmm. um, so we have uh, at last count, uh, I think eight MWs uh, that instruct for us. Uh, uh, wow. A couple of master uh, sommeliers, uh, and then uh, a whole cadre of of diploma WSET diploma mm-hmm. holders. Um, all of them go through a a, a rigorous uh, training um, uh, process and vetting process before they're able to uh, to teach for us. Uh, and that's uh, thanks to Catherine's uh, Catherine's great great work, right. um, but yeah, it it is a real uh, honor to be working with so many fantastic minds uh, in in the wine business, and uh, I, I'm humbled by it every every single day. <laughs> and it's also we should mention it's not just teaching the wine classes to learn the wines, depending upon which uh, which certification you are after, um, but you also hold special events specific master classes, one-on-one coaching, Correct. and even the business of wine. We do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, the, the a full huge gamut. number of selections uh, and, and even specialty classes. I know you have a specialty course in Rioja wines. We do. Yep. Um, so pretty cool to extend things that far. Um, was this just Was this just born out of students and your own desire to keep offering more and more levels and, and options for your students? Well, I think, you know, um, a lot of the certifications that exist out there make you a really great uh, 
generalist, right? Mm-hmm. So you um, uh, you know uh, uh, everything from a little to a lot about uh, the the global um, uh, wine world. Uh, but I think once you the higher up you get, I think um, you start having to to branch out and specialize in a in a certain subject, right? So, uh, just as in the medical field, there are um, uh, heart surgeons, there are brain surgeons, right? For every uh, there's surgeon for right. every different part of the body uh, because it's a complex um, uh, a system and subject. And I think wine is the same way. Um, and I think to get that really good foundation uh, and a solid footing, it makes sense then to 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 branch out and specialize. And that's that's really what's driven these um, uh, other courses is to give people an avenue, an opportunity to um, learn mm-hmm. um, a lot more about uh, an area or region that they might uh, want to specialize in. Um, so uh, Rioja is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so many diverse wines uh, from Rioja. And, and often it's it's just a mention that it is um, uh, Tempranillo, um uh, Grenache and uh, Graciano, um, and then you move on and you study the next region. Um, and to have a class that really takes you deeper and uh, gives you an understanding about uh, the producers um, and the different terroirs um, is is quite fascinating. So um, we do that. Uh, we give people opportunities through the master classes to, um, uh, you know, within two hours to try a breadth of, of wines and, and gain some deeper understanding on, on a specific topic. Mm-hmm. So I see us doing more and more of these. Um, uh, and uh, there's definitely a big demand, definitely yeah. a big demand for it. Cool. That's great. Um, and we didn't even mention that you also offer Psalm Day School. Correct. Yep. Um, so for listeners who may not know, Psalms have a whole set of hospitality skills. They do. Um, that are different from just, you know, knowing the difference between your Tempranillo and your Carian, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. Um, which have similar flavor profiles. Um, but that's a whole different thing from knowing wine service. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another set of courses offered. Um, what have we not touched on that we should really hit on here? There's so many options here. You ha- offer everybody a newsletter that comes out every week. We so do. if you want to, if you want to participate in kind of self quizzing yourself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's usually a newsletter in there or a quiz in there about once a month or something. Yeah. Like so that. we we have um, original articles um, that are penned by uh, wine uh, wine experts from around the world. So always mm-hmm. a, uh, an original piece of. Um, uh, uh, of content and article. Uh, we do podcasts, uh, as well. Uh, and then we do wine quizzes. Um, so there's always something, uh, in there to, uh, to learn again, we want to make sure we're adding value. Um, uh, to you've added in uh, Thursday Thursdays, correct? Right? Uh, is Dan Dawson? Dan Dawson, those? yep, from leading those. Yep. Um, uh, and huge expert uh, yeah. in French, Italian, uh, California wines. Yeah, he's just a, a passionate, uh, passionate, um, uh, guy who yeah. um, you know puts on them- thematic tastings uh, and that are quite fun. And he's uh, he's very good at leading people through a tasting. Um, as he likes to say, it, he's a recovering wine shop owner. He uh, is, yes. <laughs> I attended many a Dan Dawson tasting for many, many years um, until he sold uh, backroom wines in right. Napa. So um, he's an enormous resource. He sure is. As well. Uh, where do you see Napa Valley Wine Academy in another five to ten years? Oh, that's a great question. I think. <laughs> Stump the band. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> 
um, you know, we, we are at a place now that I wouldn't have imagined um, we would be at five years, five years ago. Um, but we are, uh, I think, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, online uh, wine education is is something that we're very serious and, and passionate about and um, that we're investing in uh, quite a bit. Um, we're adding um, courses, uh, about six courses this this mm-hmm. year to to our online offerings. So um, we will be uh, offering a, a new course on Germany, um, on the wines of uh, of Oregon uh, as well. Wonderful. Uh, we're doing a, a wine two hundred one, a wine three hundred one uh, course, and then we have a really top secret new project. Um, in the online space that I think is going to uh, be quite a game changer uh, that we'll be announcing here later on this And if this you month. told me, you'd have to kill me, so we won't go that way. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to add, okay. add that to my, to my resume. <laughs> All right, since we are wine women, but I'm only one wine woman here today, um, since Misty and Lisa are on assignment, um, I want to go back to the area that's always toughest for the guys to answer because mm-hmm. it's putting them on the spot. You have a female business partner. Yeah. Catherine does a lot of your work. Um, were there any particular things when she started with you that, um, I don't know, that that kind of popped up to you when, when, where you went, this is where women are different in the wine industry than guys? Um, or I've- if you rather answer... What kind of advice do you want to give women in the wine industry who would be considered taking some of these classes? Wow, both 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 great things. I, you know, I, again, yes, my my business partner Catherine, obviously a woman, um, but uh, I would say ninety five percent of our school staff are female as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think an area where women excel um, uh, in in the wine businesses, uh, I think they make phenomenal tasters. I think they are much more in tune and self-aware tasters than than men are. Um, so I, I'm always um, uh, I always learn something when I'm in a in a room um, and listening to MW students, female MW students, or female MWs um, learn something new about about tasting. Um, Is that what, something that they're picking out in aromas and tastes that? You hadn't isolated yet. Yeah, something? I think there's just okay. a, a a sensitivity and, a, and an affinity to mm-hmm. to tasting mm-hmm. that I've observed. Um, and uh, you know, the other observation I would make is, you know, over these these years that we've been doing this, the amount of interest um, in the wine business um, by women has grown. Uh, I think mm-hmm. quite quite a bit. So um, you know, anecdotally, I think. Uh, you know, most of our classes um, are anywhere from from fifty fifty uh, to uh, to sixty percent mm-hmm. uh, female. Um, what what advice would I give? I think was another yeah. question to uh, just in general. Or we'll listen to what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you asking me to man, mansplain something? <laughs> Um, no, 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 no mansplaining. I'm just there saying. Will be no, yeah. Yes, there will no be good. no mansplaining. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, I think that um, that this the advice that I would give is is go for it. And I think that um, um, there's opportunity. And I think the days of old, where the wine business has been seen as a male dominated industry, uh, is is coming fastly coming to a, coming close. To a close. Yes, uh, and and I think that's a good thing because I think. Um, um, the education space um, 
uh, is is ready for disruption, um, and I think um, the the general business space is is ready for disruption in that in that regard as well. Good to hear. Very good to hear. After all, we're only interested in fifty percent. We'll share. There you go. There <laughs> we'll you go. Share. Because uh, uh, that that keeps us at our at our nice gender balance there, you know what's been interesting is that um, we've heard from uh, women winemakers, uh, maybe they're UC Davis graduates, uh, UC Poly, UC Fresno, um, and and other locations. Uh, they may have been top of their class. They, if they're older, likely they were a much smaller percentage of the class, the mm-hmm. much higher percentage of males in the class. Um, but it's been interesting that still we have not cracked the nut of, you know, even getting us really much past 10% head women winemakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's been the work-life balance issue that um, winery owners have n- not liked that this, the, the time that women will step away mm-hmm. um, for family life. Um, I've heard from many of them literally carrying their babies on their backs as they go around and sample in the vineyard mm-hmm. and are working, you know, on the cellar floor. Right. Right. Um, but it's certainly I, I would I would point thing. to that. I would point to, well, I think it's been a very misogynist industry. We'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I remember interviewing Kathy Corson about her early career when she started in uh, in Napa Valley, and mm-hmm. and um, you know she she echoed that too, right? right. That she had a professor who told her you shouldn't you shouldn't become yeah. a winemaker because women can't be winemakers. Right. So I think um, hopefully those days are are over of a, of a professor even thinking to to mention that. But but I, I would say I would say that um, if I were a winery owner, I would want to hire a woman winemaker because um, um, being married, being having three daughters, uh, working in an, <laughs> in an organization that is is uh, predominantly female, um, and uh, female um, employees that have children, there is no one more dedicated to doing a job as efficiently as possible as a woman, right? Um, and uh, doing it effectively. So I, I would think um, I, I would challenge someone who considering um, not hiring a woman for those reasons that you mentioned that they're mm-hmm. doing themselves not not only are they doing the um, uh, the female sex uh, uh, a, a disservice and, and disadvantage but they're doing themselves a disservice a and disadvantage shooting foot yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, for those for those exact reasons that you said right carrying the baby uh, your child on your hip mm-hmm. while you're still doing your mm-hmm. job right I, yeah. I think that that multitasking um, uh, is is Phenomenal, and I, and I, don't, I haven't seen many men who can, who can and, and would do that. And do that much juggling, yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it's a challenge, obviously. Yeah. To, uh, but you know, it, if if you got to do it, you you find a way. Correct. And women are particularly good at that. So very good. Yes. That is a big help to be able to do that. Well, we're just about out of time, Christian. And I want to make sure you get a chance to tell our Wine Women Radio listeners. Um, what your message is, what you, you know, what are some closing thoughts that you want to get in with them? Um, yeah, where would, they go with their careers. Cause that's what we're all about is helping right. women accelerate their careers and move it along faster. Mm-hmm. Education is obviously a way to do that. Well, <laughs> ed- education is a great way to do that. But I, I think in general, just the, the, the mindset that, um, you know, there is never uh, a better time than, than the present 
to make that change uh, that you want to make in okay. in your in your life. So I, I I would say don't be afraid to uh, to make a change. It it is uh, sometimes uh, scary as you're as you're uh, looking at at making it. But once you're on the other side, you wonder why you you didn't do it so much sooner. Uh, I can I can speak from from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, new year, new you. I, I think there it's 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 um, you know you have to kind of create the reality that you that you want and. Um, Education is just a small part of that, um, and in the wine business, it's it's an important part. But right. uh, but and Napa Valley Wine Academy offers courses that take from what range to complete and get certification for. Ah, okay. So any anything from uh, you know we have those uh, two hour uh, 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 classes to uh, all the way up to to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on where you are in your in your journey. Um, but yeah, any, any, anything from from two hours to two to two years. To two years, there yeah. you go. It's a pretty wide range. Uh, see what fits for your your schedule, your goals, exactly, and the whole thing. And all you have to do is go to NapaValleyWineAcademy.com. Yep. To find the class listings, they're really easy to find and organized by location, by topic. You you know you can sort through it in many different ways there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be sure to um, let our listeners know if you're in the Sonoma area, be sure to stop by the panel here. Um, Great This place. is where we're record- we are recording from their private tasting room in the back, known as The Loft. They're at 535 West Napa Street in Sonoma, open Wednesday through Friday, 2 to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, by appointment. They have a wine bar uh, an espresso bar. Mm-hmm. I meant I mentioned that gently because that's not their focus, of course. But if you need espresso, they've got it. They have beer on tap. They have a wine shop uh, with wines from all over the globe uh, right in the store. Uh, if you're looking for something to take home or a gift, uh, there's a patio out front with a, um, a fire pit, one of those little ones with a glass around to it. I mm-hmm. forget what the heck you call those, but you get the drift. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of a beautiful place to kick back and enjoy a a glass or a flight. They have them all or join the wine club. Uh, find them at panelwines.com. Uh, anything else from you? No, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for appearing on wine women radio day, uh, radio hour and kicking off our 2020 podcasts and, uh, show that's on KSVY. Also, it will be, uh, on next Tuesday on uh, KSVY, which great. is great. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank happy you New so Year. Much. Happy New Year and Happy New Year to all of you listeners. We really appreciate that you're tuning into us. Have a fantastic week and cheers to you, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>